There it is. All right. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is hump day. It's beautiful uh, Wednesday. Uh, today's guest is going to talk about my favorite topic, my superpower, authenticity. So tune in. This will be fun. Practicing polyamory, real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Just before we jump in, as always, I want to thank everybody who's subscribed on YouTube. You can find us now on YouTube.com slash Practicing Polyay. You can also find us at Practicing Polyay on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all that social media stuff. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast app, would really love if you could please subscribe and leave a review wherever it is that you download. That would really help us out, help us show up higher on those search results. And... As always, I want to remind each of you, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. If you are actively polyamorous, polyam curious, or a professional serving the polyamorous community, we want to hear your story. Whether you're disabled, BIPOC, pan, bi, demi, gay, straight, sex worker, kinkster, queer, lesbian, trans, NBA, arrow, ace, whatever it is, we want to hear your story. The more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us, the more representation we have, the better we can serve our community. All right, that is my daily spiel. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the show. Oh, and ladies and gentlemen, especially important today on uh, international... Uh, Trans Awareness Day. So, uh, you know, celebration to all of you. We see you. We love you. All right. That's it. Let's get on with the show. We are all of us conditioned by parents, schools, families, religions, and culture that some parts of ourselves are acceptable and others are not. Our guest today believes that we need to fully accept who we are and break free of social and religious conditioning, allowing ourselves to be who we are and not who we're told to be. His work is to help you feel safe and supported so that old patterns and habits that no longer serve you can be released, trauma can be healed, and awareness can be grown. And while self-acceptance is the core of his approach, empowerment is the goal. For our guests, the model is this. When we don't accept parts of ourselves, we hide it from others, and this stops us from experiencing the deepest levels of intimacy. Now, I always say that my authenticity is my superpower, so I cannot wait to dive deeper into that secret with today's guest. Joining us today out of San Francisco, California, welcome to the show, Sebastian Earle. The show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me, and that was a great intro. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. I uh, joke on my brother's podcast. It's my one skill. It's the one thing that I'm good at. I can write an intro for people. Um, but thank you. Uh, you know, of course, for hanging out with me today. Tell me. Let's start with a little bit about yourself, uh, your journey through the polyamorous community, and what got you to. To the point where you realize, you know, authenticity really is the core of your practice. How how did that journey go? Um, well, you know, I, I you know I spent my twenties playing in a sort of semi successful rock band back in in England where I grew up in in London. Um, but I, uh, you know, when the band I was in broke up, I 
decided I wanted to just travel around the world and try to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. And uh, I decided I wanted to do sort of spiritually orientated psychotherapy and came to a wonderful school here in San Francisco called the California Institute of Integral Studies. Um, and, you know, the, I, I started therapy, I was started training to be a therapist from a very sort of naive point of view of thinking I was a jolly nice chap who sort of wanted to help people. And, and um, you know, the further into the course I got and the more into my own therapy I got, I realized, oh, I've really got a lot of issues and I'm pretty screwed up. <laughs> I'm going to be here trying to find a way to, to heal myself. Um, and I got really passionate about that. I'm really passionate about finding out what really works to help people sort of become whole and healthy and happy. Um, and as I did that work myself, what I came to discover is that for me, as you were saying earlier, the more we can really fully be ourselves, um, the more we can kind of, like you said, let go of our conditioning and our programming that we come out of in childhood and really give ourselves permission to kind of find our own authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that is my experience with what allows us to be really sort of healthy and happy and, and really enjoy and get the fullness out of our lives. I 100% agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm finding it more and more for myself uh, as I kind of get through life, just for whatever reason, like especially the past couple of months or so, that I've really been coming into my own authenticity. And, and part of it is this podcast. Part of it mm -hmm. is being able to just be here, be in front of people, and like, this is me. Fine. I'll do it myself. I do it myself. You know, this is this is just who I am, um, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter whether you're talking to me on the phone before the podcast, you or you're talking to me in uh, the insurance space. I also sell insurance, or you know, we're friends, or whatever it is. Like this is this is what you get the whole way through. Uh, there was a couple of things that you mentioned here uh, as you were telling me about your journey. The first one was that you wanted to do spiritual therapy. Mm -hmm. Is that different from an, any other kind of therapy? Can you kind of give me a little bit more insight of what, what you mean by spiritual therapy? Well, I mean, what I do now is what I call holistic therapy. So it's actually a combination of mind, body, and spirit. Um, and, you know, I mean, the more traditional therapy is, is kind of Freudian-based, which is sort of more the kind of what I, you know, I call Freud the, the granddaddy of the mind. And then Carl Jung came along and he sort of developed a more spiritually orientated therapy, sort of understanding that there is, you know, that we do have a spiritual aspect to our being and then by spiritual i don't mean religious um to me i think a lot of religions are a perversion of spirituality i mean certainly not all of them but a lot of them can be um yeah. the least famous of, of the sort of granddaddies of therapy is a guy called willem reich and he came along and really focused on the body and understanding that um you know the body is something that that is also incredibly important that there's a sort of combination of all of those three things and if i kind of throw the religious aspect in there again i would say that you know there's a lot of sort of you know if, if you think of christianity and judaism and islam in particular they've kind of done this splitting of of sort of good and bad you know god and the devil and then mm -hmm. the body in particular is seen as something you know that's a tool of the devil and to me that's all absolutely nonsense and also very damaging to people's psyches so there's a way for me the understanding that we should allow ourselves to be able to inhabit our bodies and celebrate our bodies 
um, and break free of the idea. I mean, there's so much conditioning in our culture around this idea that the only healthy relationship is a monogamous relationship within marriage, um, you know, with 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 only a certain parameters around sexuality and what's acceptable in sexuality. Um, and as I sort of, you know, was on my own journey of learning to break free of all of the, that, that kind of stuff, um, I became a member of a really wonderful community here in the Bay Area called Bay Area Open Minds, which is a sort of psychotherapy and healers collective um, because even in the general therapy community um, in this country and around the world, there's still a lot of judgment uh, and a lot of sort of non-acceptance of not just polyamory, but but any kind of alternative sexuality like mm -hmm. kink or, um, you know, even homosexuality or just anything that doesn't fit within these kind of very narrow, narrow parameters of what's considered acceptable, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. Um, what Bayer Open Minds is all about is giving people permission to know that they can find therapists out there who are going to be open-minded and accepting alternative lifestyles around sexuality, um, polyamory just being one of those alternative lifestyles. Sure. Is uh, Bay Area Open uh, open Minds? Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. Bay Area Open yeah. Minds? Uh, yeah. Is it a group of therapists? Is it available yeah. as a resource for anybody that needs help? Absolutely, absolutely. If you just Google Bay Area Open Minds, um, you know you'll you'll find a website with a whole list of different practitioners on there, all of whom have signed up. I mean, it's it's a voluntary. You, you know, you just sign up if you want to sign up mm -hmm. um, and put yourself on the list. If you want to put yourself on the list, to just say that I'm somebody who's going to be non-judgmental and accepting of your alternative kind of sexual lifestyle, and not be judgmental or see that as some kind of a pathology in a way that a lot of other therapists might do. Very cool. And uh, right now, since we're all doing basically telehealth, um, and since it's Bay Area specific, is it specific to California and once it's in person uh, to the Bay Area? Yes, it is. It is, but you know, you know, it's, it's a it's a community that has a lot of resources connected to other parts of the country. Um, so, I mean, if people are in other parts of the country and they can still go there and post something on there about what they're looking for. And almost certainly somebody would be able to help them find that, not just in the Bay Area or California, but pretty much anywhere in the USA or even potentially the world. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you for that uh, resource. Hopefully it helps uh, some people out there. Now, one of the things mm -hmm. that uh, came to mind as you were talking about uh, guilt and, and uh, structures of religion and all this stuff is really, I'll share my personal story of what turned me off to religion, uh, one of the many bouts that I've had with with religion. I grew up uh, in a Seventh Day Adventist household. You know, we were pretty strict, going to church on Saturdays. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch Saturday morning cartoons because we were getting ready for church. You know, and all this stuff. Um, and there are, as you mentioned, a lot of rules. Uh, you said, you know, the uh, the body is the devil's playground or whatever it is. Um, you know, we, we were taught, you know, the body is, is a temple. And so we have to eat a certain way and keep our minds and bodies free of certain things. So I remember um, during my first deployment, I think it was, uh, during my first deployment back in 06, that would have been, mm -hmm. um, I was reading the Bible a lot and, and like trying to center myself on, you know, that thing that I grew up on. And so I remember... Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to 
curse, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's a sin, and I didn't want to uh, watch porn and jerk off because that's a sin, and mm-hmm. I tried not to drink because I grew up believing that you know that's a sin. So, like, oh hell no, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so like, I really put these restrictions on myself and, and whenever I failed, right, because inevitably I would, you know, I was just really, really hard on myself. Uh, and now, you know, I do all of those things when I want to, or when I don't want to, I don't do them. It's more authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I've really dropped religion altogether is there and how can people find a happy medium because i don't think that everybody necessarily just wants to get rid of of their religion if they grew up you know believing that way but it's hard sometimes to reconcile the teachings that we were brought up with and who we believe our authentic selves to be so how can how can people marry those two Oh, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think there are positive aspects to religion. I mean, community, I think, is something that a lot of people, there's a huge lack of community often in our modern culture. And I think that's something that where we're sort of, you know, religions and churches have something really valuable to offer. But what I would say is it's, you know, giving ourselves permission to do it on our terms rather than believing, you know, that, you know, all the teachings are, you know, really genuinely come from God, rather than just seeing them as, as, you know, a good set of values that we can choose to live by, without this idea that somehow we're going to be cursed or sent to hell, uh, you know, if, mm-hmm. uh, if we don't abide by them. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, you know, so I, I think there is a way that, and look, to, to me, that, you know, there are religions out there who kind of have more of that philosophy that, that, you know, this is just one way of sort of approaching the divine energy in the universe, which I actually, you know, do believe there is a divine energy in the universe, rather than the ones who say we are the way and with, you know, everybody else is wrong. And if you're not the way, you don't do what we say, you, you're going to go to hell. And that to me is like really, really damaging to the psyche because, you know, there are certain aspects of our basic humanity that to me is like, you know, biological can come out of, um, you know, just who we are as human beings. And when we keep giving these messages that our essential humanity is wrong or sinful or evil in some way, I just think that's deeply, deeply damaging to people's mm. psyches. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> and and we do get a lot of that you know i i remember reading uh there was a meme or something like that where uh you know religion christianity i guess it it tends to teach us that we are not worthy that we are you know sinful and and you know as as dirty rags or, or i forget exactly how the uh how the scripture is but like we're, we're basically, we're dirty rags and we have to, you know, come to, to the throne or come to the cross to be washed and be purified. And I mean, you mentioned that you start with that. You say that, 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 that kind of belief is damaging. 
Absolutely. I mean, my, my, my experience is that it stops us from actually being fully ourselves. And what we want to do is to, to allow ourselves to be ourselves. And the more we're taught things that say, oh, we have to hide parts of ourselves or that certain parts of ourselves are not acceptable, then we're going to push those parts underground into the unconscious. And that, in my opinion, is when we will go unconscious around parts of ourselves, that that's when they kind of get dark and twisted. I mean, I think that's why you find so many sort of, you know, right wing Christians or the people like doing meth with a gay guy in a motel room mm -hmm. because it's because, you know, they're repressing stuff down. And it, when it's underneath, it's that's where, you know, the real damage can get done and then it can come out in sort of dark and ugly ways. And that's part of why I'm so sort of passionate about saying the more we can really be truly authentic. Um, you know, the, the less we're going to have those kind of twisted parts of ourselves. And I think there's an irony. I mean, I don't know if people are familiar with the website FetLife, but FetLife is sort of like the online community for the kink and poly people in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like a Facebook for the kink and poly people. Right. And I think a lot of people would imagine that, that I mean, there is, a, there, there is certainly some darkness to be found on FetLife, but I would argue people who are on there are much less likely to be doing any acting out and dark and terrible things around sexuality because they're actually conscious and open and finding healthy ways to express these parts of themselves. Mm -hmm. which is counterintuitive for a lot of people who kind of grow up in this culture that we have to behave in certain ways, but actually finding open and healthy ways to express all parts of ourselves is what leads to you being much less likely um, to do something damaging in the world. Yeah. Does that make sense, you know? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Uh, places like FetLife do give us, and, and a lot of Facebook groups as well, um, for our specific communities give us that platform where we can share these things we can be our authentic selves uh and and that's absolutely liberating um but speaking of which there are a lot of people who are unable to be their true authentic selves in the majority of their lives you know people who are not able to come out as uh polyam at work or mm uh to their families or all these different things um so that's definitely a, a big struggle for for those folks how can how can we help them how can you help them how can a, a therapist you know help them to kind of come to terms with where they are uh and still find a way to be authentic even if they can't be out Oh, I think I think that's a really great question. And what I would say is look, there, there are certain places where we're, you know, we're going to have to put on what Carl Jung would call our persona, where we, you know, we kind of have to put a mask over our face and turn up in a certain way that's going to be acceptable. I mean, for a lot of people, you know, if you work in, in the corporate world, uh, there's no doubt that that's just a necessity that they need to do when they go off to work in order to, you know, to be able to survive in that environment. But to me, it's about finding places is where we can take that mask off. You know, that's the really important thing. We're not always, I mean, I'm very fortunate in that I live a kind of life where I really, you know, I try to minimize anywhere that I have to wear the mask, but no, most people don't get to get, be as lucky as I am. And I really recognize that. And to me, it's like finding a community like Fat Life or even just finding a therapist um, like me or the other people on the Bay Area Open Minds where they can start to, 
talked honestly and openly and really about who they are and what they really want and then find ways that they can express those parts of themselves, which isn't going to be throughout the whole of their lives. Um, you know, even within my own family, there's certain ways in which I can't really be fully myself. I have to hold certain parts in just because I know I don't want to upset people. But it's finding as many places as possible where you can genuinely express yourself. And, look, you know, I, I, I don't just do individual therapy. I'm, I, I run groups. And one of the things I love about group therapy is it's also somewhere where we can kind of practice really being our authentic selves um, in a safe container so that it becomes easier for us to then kind of take that out into the world. Because there are very few, I mean, you know, it's like a sportsmen get to practice all the time, but it's like, where, where do we get to practice kind of doing life, if you see what I mean? Yeah. And to me, that's why I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a, I'm a group therapy junkie. I mean, I've, you know, I did a lot of it in, for, for myself personally when I was doing my own training, and I've, I've run groups for many years now, and I find it a really powerful place. And, and, you know, the other thing I just want to talk about here is like, you know, to bring it back to polyamory, like for me, it's not just authenticity, but it's being able to be authentic and open in your communication with, with your primary partner, being able to be really real with each other about your needs and what you want. Um, you know, I, I don't believe that. Um, it's people having sex with each other that really destroys relationships. Having sex with people outside of their relationship that destroys relationships is dishonesty and the lying and the not being real about what's going on. That's the thing that really is destructive. And I think when we, you know, if we want to kind of go into something like open relationships or polyamorous relationships, the most vital and important thing is open and honest communication and a willingness to kind of, it takes courage. I mean, when we've been shamed and told that certain parts of ourselves are not acceptable or sinful or ugly in some way, it takes an awful lot of courage to be able to come out and say, I'm going to share with my partner who I really am. But that to me is where you can really, the juice is really to be found. If you're willing to have the courage to do that work um, and learn to be, have that openness and that honesty and really communicate that with, you know, between partners, then I think, you know, that's where you end up with really, really juicy relationships as opposed to relationships where people are honest with each other. And I think that's where so much unhappiness comes out of, where you just see so many marriages where the people are just so unhappy or even hate each other and still feel obliged to stay together. And there's this alternative out there where you can be yourself and the juiciness and, and the love that can come from that is, is mind-blowing. At least that's been my own experience. That it's just it's blowing my mind just how rich and, and alive my life can become living, living by those principles. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance absolutely we we can do it and and that's what you know a lot of the show is all about is explaining that over and over and over again and showing people hey there there is this other path um it's really cool that that you have uh those personal experiences to draw on and i want to ask you again uh about maybe one of these personal experiences um you mentioned a couple of times that uh, you had gone through your own therapy as you were uh, being trained to become a therapist. Mm. Um, and, be, you know, it, it changed a lot of, of your practice and your mentality and your mindset. Um, and 
it sounds like somewhere in there is when you discovered how important it was to you to be authentic. Can you tell me a little bit about like that specific journey? Like, was there a, a particular moment or was it like maybe over the course of a couple of years? Uh, but just kind of this, this journey of really discovering, you know, being my authentic self is the thing that's going to change everything. What was that discovery like? Um, I, I think it's something that, I mean, I, I look, there's, there's a frighteningly lack of that personal growth work you actually were required to do in order to become a licensed therapist in California. I mean, I, I did maybe 20 times more than what the requirement is because I felt that that's actually what's needed, that you have to really work on your own stuff in order to be able to help other people work on theirs. And for me, it's been a, a slow and gradual, you know, year over year of getting more and more clear about what, what I needed to do inside of myself. And I actually, I was in therapy with a guy, I would say, with this great therapist in many ways, but who did have, a, I would say, a lot of judgment about my sort of this alternative desires around sexuality. And I sort of had to understand that, that I was being limited by his limitations and get out of therapy with him and into therapy with somebody who was more open and accepting of who I actually wanted to be in order to find that for myself. And I also want to say that I spent many years, um, you know, struggling to find a relationship where I could sort of live the principles that I was beginning to really believe in. But then I, you know, literally it feels like a miracle to me that a few years ago when I did find a woman who, um, you know, kind of matched me with the same beliefs and, and the same ideas about real, open, authentic, honest communication, that when, when we found each other, it was just like, bang. I mean, everything I taught and everything I believed in suddenly started to manifest in a, in a really incredible way. And just watching how the abundance has just flowed into both of our lives um, has been incredibly affirming to me because for, for you know, in, until you're sort of walking the walk and, uh, you know, uh, you, you don't really, you can't really necessarily fully believe that this stuff is as powerfully effective as it is. Um, but once you start manifesting it in the way that I feel I've been lucky enough to do in, in my relationship, then it, it's, it really has been a mind-blowing experience. And it, it continues to be so. I mean, you know, after four years together, um, we're still growing, we're still learning, and we're still finding deeper and deeper parts of ourselves that we've been shy or, or reticent to really show each other and keep coming forward and coming forward. Um, and I'm sort of in, in awe of how far we've come and in awe of sort of seeing how far we can still go if we just continue on this path. I love that. I mean, I'm I'm over here smiling the whole way through because I can just I see your passion. I can feel uh the I hear what I, uh, a tan. A tan. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You get a 10 uh on on the uh, success of your relationship. It's it's just wonderful. I can I can feel the love that you have for your partner uh and and the excitement that you have for the relationship and where it's going to grow uh and you know, it really I I can definitely resonate with that. Uh, and, and, you know, I feel that it really does come a lot from being able to have that authenticity, be your, your true self, be my true self, uh, and, and really just dig into that. And, you know, that, that person just appreciates 
everything about about who you are and and uh and and you get to live your truth it's wonderful it's wonderful um sebastian i want to ask you uh just a couple of more things uh first of all if anybody wants to get in touch with you if they want to work with you uh what is the best way for them to do that um well they can go to my website which is authentictherapy.com uh, I love the fact that you have it just, you know, running down at the bottom of your screen there. Um, you know, I just want to say I call it authentic therapy, not because the therapy is authentic, but the therapy is focused on being authentic, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, they can always uh, call my work number two, which is 415-835-2148. Uh, just say 415-835-2148. Or uh, email me at sebastian567 at hotmail.com. Um, and, you know, I, I love working with people who want to discover to, you know, be more themselves and be more authentic and know that they can work with a therapist who's going to be open and accepting of any kind of alternative sexual lifestyles that they might want to live in their lives or already are living in their lives and just need help with something else. But they don't want that part of themselves to be judged um, when they go to a therapist. Yep. Yep. That's that's the important piece of it is we don't need to be explaining you know, our relationship styles to our therapist they should already understand. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, the very last thing is mm-hmm. any final thoughts, anything that I might not have asked, anything that I might have missed, um, or just, you know, a final word piece of advice that you would like to leave for the audience. Oh, first, uh, just to say, I love your show. I love what you're doing. I really, you know, support you in it. I think it's wonderful. I really appreciate you inviting me on here. Um, and the last thing, I, you know, I, it's, to me, it's all about being real. It's all about allowing ourselves to really be ourselves and, and taking that courage to, to risk, uh, you know, being who we really are rather than, you know, staying within the confines of all the messages we, we were taught growing up and from our religion and our, and our culture about who we should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. So that's it. That's the lesson of the day. Be who you are, not who you're told to be. Uh, and if you need help discovering that, if you need help getting through that, uh, definitely give uh, Sebastian a call. Find him at AuthenticTherapy.com. Sebastian, thank you again for spending some time with me today. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us Monday through Wednesday live at 2.30 Pacific Time or sign up for Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already. And please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. All right, everybody, that is all we've got for today. Thank you all so much. And as always, have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash